welcome to this week's uh, meeting of the Mastermind Group, and uh, we've got great topics for you today, and that may or may not still be relevant by the time you see it, although uh, we find uh, that people tend to need this quite a bit, uh, regardless of what the circumstances are in the community, and I'm talking about coronavirus right now, in case you're watching or hearing this when this is over. Uh, but the uh, but still very useful information today we're mostly talking about what can you do to help compensate for not having a partner or partners in your two-person practices and so this wouldn't there are times when you just really want and need a partner but what about when you just don't and can't have one and so that's what we're going to get into and so today with us on the call we're joined by uh, Greg Nomeyer from Michigan and you can tell him what parts Hey, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti area. And Chris Walsh up in Maine. Up in the Hollowell, Augusta area. And Art in the Washington, D.C. area. Hello, everyone. And Matt Holker here in the Maryville, Blount County, uh, Knoxville, outside of Knoxville area. Hey, everybody. And Harry Legg up in Verona, New Jersey, and New York City area. Hello, hello, hello. And Jim Kelly in Boca Raton, Florida. Last but not least. <laughs> and was that everybody or did I miss anybody? Cool. All right, guys. Uh, today we're talking about what can you do to help compensate for not having a partner or partners in your two-person practice. And uh, is there anything specifically that you've been using at home and, and i'll just tell you some objects here real quick like using chairs using tables using doors stairs uh boards that you can break um uh, using a wall doing things like wall squats um uh, protruding corners uh you know or it's not where the corner goes in but where the corner sticks out and using that point on the corner Sometimes using it where you're in the corner for that too, for having two walls right there um, the other way. Uh, things like, and, and there are other things which I'll get into. And then if you've got exercise equipment of any kind, kettlebell, exercise ball, I mean, the kettlebell, exercise ball, heavy bags, those kind of things. And I'll give you a couple specific things for that once we've, uh, once I've let everybody have a chance here to kind of speak on this. So, uh, Harry, you look like you're the first one up. Okay, thank you. Um, one of the things that I really like to use uh, are trees. And there are things that you can use trees for that uh, you might not necessarily have thought of. I think most Tai Chi practitioners will think of using a tree to feel it and feel down to the root or roots, uh, which is uh, a very cool thing to do and very helpful. Uh, a couple of other things that I like to do with it is to exchange energy uh, with a tree. Um, for the uh, betterment of uh, your health. Now, I, I realize there may be some people out there going, do what? It sounds like bunk and crazy stuff. Um, all I can say is try it if you haven't. Um, and if uh, you're not of the mindset for that, then so be it. But uh, I really uh, enjoy doing that. And then one of the other things is the opposite of feeling down to root, and that is feeling upper connection of a tree. And um, very, very helpful. It's helped me with my upper connection in Tai Chi, which is exactly what we want to do. So uh, trees are my thing. I'd throw in on that too. Um, you can feel the vibration in the tree 
and it takes a moment. So you can feel the top sway of even a tree that's got a little bit of diameter to it. And so if you don't feel like anything's happening, hang out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I've got some really I'm with you on that. Trees. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that is all I got. The uh, Greg, uh, go ahead. Yeah, um, mostly I'm just trying to do things that um, uh, screw me up more, you know, uh, do the form on one foot, you know, like do uh, walking forward all on one foot for brush knee or part horse's mane and things like that. And that's going to show me all kinds of errors um, and help me work route differently. Um, so anything that I can do that makes it more difficult or makes it easier to feel feedback, which is essentially what I'm playing push hands for largely anyway, is getting the feedback of what happens when this force comes into me or what happens when this energy comes into me. So it's not as energetic always, um, but there's some E stuff I'm doing that's, that's helpful with that. So, cool. yeah. Um, let's see, who was Chris Walsh. Well, I, I haven't been trying to compensate for not having a partner. Um, there's just so much that I can do with the form and inside the form and the Qigong that I, I felt that this was the opportunity to focus on that. Although there is much that can be done, I just didn't feel that I needed to do that right now. I can definitely get back into it when I have my partner available again. Uh, but I'm trying to focus on what I can do right here, right now. Cool. Yeah, for me, by the way, I have a Carly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's next? I can go. Okay. Um, well, I, um, besides trying to develop everything I had been doing that I can do on, on my own even more as far as um, structure and, and alignment and, and connection, along with developing King, so I can just become more sensitive to energy, whether internally or externally, the uh, new activity for me is I, against a, a wall, flat surface, um, I try sort of pushing, extending force to it and feel as though I'm, you know, putting force towards it, but keeping, keeping my structure in balance so I, I can at least try to feel if if the um, structure went away, that I would still be be grounded, um, which is something I've just been trying. But um, I I can feel when I put more energy against the wall, but um, don't feel that I'm putting my whole body into it, but just sort of sending energy there, which I guess is what we sort of try to do and or work on doing and push hands. So you're making sure to keep your body not leaning into the wall, but upright and then getting it so that you can feel that you're actually getting force to go to the wall this way. Right. Yeah. Right. In a, in a, in a, in other words, not a lean, but a straight up and down. And then can you get force to go this way that you can feel is palpable? And then how are you responding on that returning pressure of force? And that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right, yes. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good Good training. Um, Jim? Yeah. Um, I, I know we, we discussed, uh, you know, when 
not to use some of the Tai Chi and, you know. Uh, so what you're, what you're about to say is that you're using it to yeah. tackle and arrest people no, and you're just I, you know, to like, practice. It's, it's a little <laughs> bit of a twist on things. Because you know what? It, it, it's been a funny, funny circumstance because especially with a lot of people, they still want to come close to you. And, you know, and I find myself instead of, you know, saying, hey, do me a favor, stay, you know, don't get that close. I, I've switched and I tried to, you know, use more of the ting and, you know, extend like, uh, you know, trying to, you know, keep them from coming close without saying things. And it's uh, it's been a real interesting to see their reactions. It's like they'll take a couple of steps and then they'll hesitate and be like, you know, I. I I was walking towards you, but I, I'm not now. What's, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's sort of an interesting uh, exercise. Uh, you want to see a then, funny, if you want to see a funny one with that in a grocery store, uh -huh. if the aisle's too crowded and they're all coming too <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> the aisle clears. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. so, and it, the other thing that I find myself doing now is, uh, you know, I've been trying to, not use my hands as much so even common practices like walking into a store and you know not reaching out and grabbing the door or using an elbow or you know using a knee or you know just to you know get that the whole body behind movement and you know keep that balance and you know use other parts of the body it's it's been an interesting uh like i said it's uh trying to keep this thing about distancing trying to you know, yeah. be careful where you're putting your hands on, on commonly touched surfaces. And so uh, I, I think it's, it's sort of worked its way into the, the daily routine, which is it's always nice to see the Tai Chi coming through and things like this. So. I haven't, I haven't checked with Chase, but since he was little, uh, let me put it this way. Most of the time when I go into a public bathroom forever, I'm not exactly a germaphobe in a lot of ways but when i go into a public bathroom i turn into one mm, and yeah. so longer term i've always had a, i'm not touching anything from the time i go in to getting out of there my goal is to touch nothing yeah and i've taught that to my son since he was little like what do you what do you and i was like whatever you do don't touch anything in here and i've and i've said that to him and said that to him and so i would be curious i need to ask him if he has um you know, if he's, if he's done that that way, where, where it's, you know, he's, he's really not touching anything. I do know that like going to Walmart, he says, creeps him out. Anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. so, no, yeah, that, so that's, the use that's, of the E and, you know, like I said, projecting and projecting energy, projecting the, the, uh, the thoughts. To, well, so you're getting the practice of actually doing directing the E like that. How are you finding yeah. that's working? You know, like I said, it's it's funny to look at, you know, sometimes you'll you, you'll get an expression from somebody where they they can feel it, but they don't know what it is, I guess. Yeah. And, and it's like that, you know, that quizzical look, you know, <laughs> like what's so, going on here? Yeah. Now, now, how different would you say to to put E out is from what I've heard in, in LEO that I've taught? Uh, they talk about command presence. Yeah. How different, yeah. how different, or how, what would you, how would you compare the, the, you know, putting your E out like that versus command presence? Are they kind of the same thing? Or are they a well, little yeah. bit different? Or? I, I think it's a different explanation and it's a little bit more proactive, you know, whereas the command presence is I'm here, I'm dressed properly. Uh, you know, I, I have a, 
a certain look to me that's going to project that I mean business, whereas the, the E is more of a probing or an extension to, you know, to the other person's space, you know, so it's, a, it's actually reaching out a little bit further than you normally would. Gotcha. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. That's the best way I can explain yeah, it. Yeah, no, I like it. It's, it's good. Excellent. Yeah. Um, anybody else that we didn't get to on there? Matt? Um, yeah. Uh, so I have kind of a bunch of stuff that I do actually. Um, and I, I wanted to, to show more of it than I brought down to the school with me because a lot of it is at my place where I do most of my training um, these days. But um, so, uh, so I have access to a lot of stuff, but, um, but uh, I, I just, uh, you know, th that a lot of people don't, but I tried to get creative with it um, and figure out what is it that, that I'm really missing when I don't have another person in the room and what skills am I not able to uh, really effectively work on when I'm not getting hands on with people and do my best to um to kind of make up for that somehow and so actually like harry's suggestion of feeling the trees i've done a fair bit of that um but what i'm really working on now uh now that i don't have other people is i'm missing that ting i don't have the experience of feeling inside of another body um and and what greg said about getting feedback from that experience, I'm, those, those are two things that I'm really missing when I don't have another person here. And so what I've used the trees for is I go find like a species of tree that I'm not really familiar with, which is not terribly hard. I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm just not tuned into trees like that normally, um, except for really common ones. Um, but I'll go find kind of a, a little tree and I'll feel it and I'll try to feel the root structure. And I really try to feel for what is that root structure doing? Is it like right below the surface and spreading out everywhere? Is there like a really deep tap root going down? Is there some combination of that? Is, like a, is it like a ball root? What, is, what, what do I feel that the roots are like down there? And then I go check. And so that's how I get my ting and my feedback that I would normally get in much you know, quicker, more real time with a person. Um, the, and so that's one way that I, that I do that. Another way is that we've had, um, some of us, um, Sifu, uh, I know has a lot more, uh, ability with this than a lot of us, but some of us have discovered that we have a, a pretty decent sensitivity, um, when it comes to like crystals and, uh, and gemstones and things like that and how it affects the field. Um, and so... I've taken to, uh, to finding stones like that and I've gathered up uh, you know, several different kinds of them and I don't really know what they're supposed to do. And so I try to feel for like, what is it doing to me? What do, I, what do I feel like is happening in my field when I've got these stones in my hand? And then I go check and see what it says is supposed to happen. And sometimes there's little subtle differences um, between like what the book kind of says is supposed to happen versus what you're feeling is supposed is actually happening. And what we've discovered is that there are little differences in each stone that make little subtle differences like that. But mostly in broad brush strokes, what is happening to you should more or less be what, you know, what's in the book. And if it's radically different, um, you know, then, well, my sensitivity was off with that, I guess, um, or something like that. And, uh, and so, you know, you've got this sort of, feedback system built in, um, at least the, the way that I've been trying to do it. Um, the other things that I've been doing are mostly, I've been using the mirrors here. 
we have these great big mirrors in the school. And so I can do things and watch myself in real time, or I've got a little station set up where I can kind of record myself and I can use either my laptop or my phone. Um, and I can kind of record myself and then watch back the video. And so that way I'm getting, you know, more feedback on my form directly. And I'm also practicing my ability to see, um, errors, uh, in, you know, in other people, even though I am watching myself. Um, and so I'm getting both sides of the benefit of that. Um, and then I can do the same thing with students. If you're a teacher, um, or if you have access to practice partners or whatever, you can watch each other through video and get those same kinds of benefits on both sides, um, and get other kinds of feedback that you are, that you would not necessarily be tuned into, um, for, for your own, Form and uh, and you know get a lot of benefit out of it that way. Um, and then the other thing that I've what been would, trying what to would, do, what would an example of that be? You don't have to name the name of the person. I'm talking about what did you look at? What did you see? What were you trying to see? What did you see? And what was going on? That kind of thing. Oh um, well, there's uh, so um, uh, there's an expression of the form where uh, where we're supposed to be underwater. Um, where we're, where it's that the kind of the name of it, where we're, where you're really feeling like you're underwater and you feel the kind of the pressure of all of that water all over you uh, all at the same time. And um, there's, uh, there's a tendency for people to lose it in their legs. And when I'm standing next to them, I can kind of tell, I can sort of feel it. I, I've got a sense of it, but I can't necessarily see it on video. Well, now I can. Um, and so those are, those are the kinds of things that I've been working on is trying to develop a better eye for that sort, sort of stuff. And like the, the energy movement, um, you know, that I've been able to see uh, up, up close and personal when I'm watching someone like Merrill washing, for instance, I can tell if it's flowing and I can tell where it's coming out um, in them and these kinds of things. Um, and, and that's been, and I verified that with people over time where I've said, you know, like, it looks to me like it's coming out at your knees and that it turns out that that was their experience of it as well is that they weren't getting past their knees. Um, and these kinds of things. Well, now I've built up that skill to the point where I wanted to see if I could, and, and it turns out that I can, I can watch people on video and I can see reasonably the same things. Um, even though I'm not really there and I can't really kind of feel it in the same way. I can still, I've got an eye for it now. Um, and, and then the more I practice that, the more I develop that eye. Um, and, uh, and then the more I have other people lay eyes on me, the more things that they're going to catch that I didn't see. And then I go back and watch and go, oh, that's what that, oh, that makes sense. And, and so all of these little pieces start to connect in like that. Um, at least that's, you know, that's what I've been trying to do with it. Um, and I have access to people that way. Um, but hopefully if you had access to people to like live partners before all this, you have access to people. Anyways, that, in a nutshell, that's, that's what I've been doing. I've been, I've been really trying to focus on things um, for my own sensitivity and my own perception and those kinds of things that I can reasonably, you know, do without other people in the room. Um, it also occurred to me when we were talking about this, that you could actually do some partner work with people carefully and just not push where like, you could be like 20 feet away from someone and be working on matching stuff. Um, but you know, that's, I haven't actually done that myself, but it, it did occur to me that that would be a way to get in a little bit of extra sort of, um, you know, interpersonal uh, partner work without, without being, you know, without putting yourself at risk of the contagion.
I do, I do work where I, uh, where, and I'm not saying I do extra right now, but just where I see somebody doing something, whether it be a dancer or people doing Tai Chi stuff or, or any kind of energetic expression or something, and I will match them even though I'm watching them on video and just see how close I can get to really where they're at and what they're doing just as a practice. And now, a word from our sponsor. The internal power that comes at the higher levels of Tai Chi can seem mysterious, but that is mostly because Tai Chi students don't see the big picture yet. They don't even understand what the higher levels of the art are, much less have a plan to get there. Even though the senior masters mostly agree on what the steps are, they mostly don't talk about it. On the TaiChiRoadmap.com, I outline all of the steps of Tai Chi development. Everything is explained so you know what to do, when to do it, and why. This is the complete roadmap to Tai Chi mastery with an explanation of all the steps from rank beginner to senior master. Again, that is a free course that you can access online. Go to TaiChiRoadmap.com to sign up. That's TaiChiRoadmap.com. Right. So then I had three other things for you here. One of them is um, taking something like a kettlebell and pushing it with your feet, getting it so that you're wrapping your foot in the way that Tai Chi does in, in terms of stepping and then pulling it or stepping down towards like when you're doing your backward stepping there for the, for the uh, sideways backing step for the beginning of cloud hands and then pushing the kettlebell with that. Um, the, uh, and then if you're stepping backwards, uh, like uh, uh, repulsed monkey or monkey retreats um, and, and pushing the ball backward and or, you know, that kind of a thing or the kettlebell in this case. Um, but pushing it with your feet in terms of just making sure you have the body integrity from head to toe all the way through you as you're moving um, to help to get a better sense and, and you're building up your strength and your ability that way. Uh, another one is to take um, a heavy bag and you can do things with the heavy bag in front of you and where you're up very close to it so that you're very vertical and that you're getting movement where you're really still getting a lot of power on the bag versus if you feel like you're straining, then you know that there are errors in your structure and your uh, transfer of, of force and that kind of a thing. And so you get it so that you're not having that and it's still got strength. And this is gonna help you when you do normal push hands also because you're working on that vertical power being translated into horizontal power properly. Um, and then uh, another one I've got here is an exercise ball, the big inflatable balls, the big, for me, I like to get ones that are pretty big. And so when they've got the different sizes, I prefer one that's, you know, 60, 70, 70, uh, 70, is it centimeters, millimeters, centimeter? Anyways, the bigger, the bigger inflatable balls like that. And one of the things you can do with that is work on your Peng Lu Ji and on along with other skills, but I'm going to talk to you briefly here about doing it with Peng Lu Ji and on. And so with Peng, Peng is an expansive force. And so you put the ball against the wall, you put your hand or your back of your arm against the ball, and then you do your pong so that there's this expansion going out and you feel that pressure and you see the ball take it, even though you're not just, you're not leaning into the ball. You're keeping very correct vertically, expressing that pong in every direction across like that. And he'll do that and hold it and hold it and hold it. 60 seconds, give or take, uh, maybe 90 seconds. 
and then let go. And then right now you're not doing this with anybody else to see, but if you do that and then you put another person on your arm with the pung, you'll see them starting to move off, even though um, you are not pushing them um, because the pong energy is still there because you spent that much time on the wall. So if you just did that every day, a couple times a day, and then you start thinking, hey, pong, you'll find that it's got that expansive quality energetically happening. Um, same thing with Lou, you can put your arm on the ball and then roll it all around, you know, so that it's making contact with, with diff all the way from your fingertips, all the way up to like your elbow. You can even roll it across the back of your arm up to your shoulder and back that way, and then put it in at different angles, above the ball, but making sure the ball still stays on the wall, below the ball, off to one side, off to the other side, um, around in circles of different kinds, and all of that. And you're working on your loo that you're basically shifting pressure around a lot. Um, ideally, again, keeping your extreme correct, extremely correct vertical stuff on and being very close to it, um, and you can also put it on other parts, including step your body back, chest, uh, side, right up to the ball on the wall, and then do it where you're working that same thing. And if you're finding a place where you don't have much range of motion or you're not used to thinking of moving from there, start working with that so that you can get a lot of different range of motion. Now, when somebody puts hands on you, same kind of an action, um, you know, depending on what's easiest and best and all that. And you should have a lot more really nice loo kind of rollback action going on if it's g you put your pung arm on you take your flat palm you put it on the inside of your forearm you push up against the ball again make sure that you're really being very correct on your up and down your vertical and actually you put that back hand expressing in and through um, so that you're getting that double action going in there like that um, and then you can do that with a little bit of blue action with it you can do it where you're really like Pung, punging with your back of your arm and punging with your hand that's pushing against that arm, expressing that double in there and start getting some sense of that um, and vectoring in with other, if you know more advanced, slightly more advanced or more advanced G then vectoring in using everything from other body parts, uh, any one or more of your Dantians all focused in and triangulating into uh, that one center point that you're going into where the G is being expressed into and through the ball. Um, and if you guys have a question, make sure to ask. I know I'm rolling through this a little bit quickly. Um, and then on on, you would take the ball and put it down on a surface. And then you would put like your hands out like you're doing the first move in the form. Put your hand over top of the ball in the center to begin with, you know, over top. And press down where you're sinking where you're keeping very true, correct vertical and sink so that there's pressure there and then hold that for 60 to 90 seconds and then do the same thing with your arm and the same thing with your elbow and the same thing with whatever body, other body part you can get up on it while keeping true vertical. Um, and then um, starting to do some loo with that, but keeping the on energy, that down energy on, even though if you took if you try to do that in the air, you would express it and feel that downward movement of the energy, even though you're not moving down or if you're moving down, it's, it's literally just like tenths of an inch, like really small, uh, but really feeling the energy go that way. And again, you put energy on that and somebody will feel like you shoved them downwards, but yet you weren't doing that. You're working on those jings specifically using that exercise ball to get that help. And you go back and do, if you've done some training with that, 
or are training with that or start training with that um, and have a couple weeks of every day of that and then put hands on with a partner again where you're able to bring all those skills to bear in free play, uh, you're going to notice a big difference in things that are going on there. Um, obviously, when you're putting your, your hand on the ball and you're sinking that on through it, you should also then on your vertical sink to get your root deep into the ground as well. Um, anyways, any questions about that on the exercise ball? In the group or any other comments or things you might have done with it? Okay. Uh, with a heavy bag, you can do something like take a rope or a belt. <clears throat> uh, it has to be long enough belt. A bigger, a bigger one, uh, cable, whatever, and tie it around yourself and the bag so that you're attached to the bag like that. And then work on getting different kinds of contact with, so that basically you're doing this so the bag doesn't go away from you when you send it. And when you put force in, how much feedback are you getting or does the bag like jump and vibrate but hold in place? And how much of a return is coming there? And, and this is designed so that you're very close to the bag. And any force you put into it is going to want to come back and or pull through that belt pretty good. And so you're working on how to, how to get various kinds of expression and manipulation in there, uh, vertical to vertical, <clears throat> with your contact being horizontal, but that you're keeping your vertical really good. The bag is hanging on a plumb line, so it's already keeping really nice vertical. And then doing different kinds of work with it under those circumstances. Um, for physical practices, other ones here, I've got kids or wife push you, put pressure on you when you're in a, and actually get into a bad position, let them put pressure on you in that bad position or let them put pressure on you and choose the bad position for you, that's even better. Uh, the kids will pick out nice ones. And you must softly move your body to completely dissolve the pressure without any harm coming to them. It, I, it may move them off, which is fine. Just be careful when you do it. Safety, you don't want your child flying through the head first into the floor or into the refrigerator or whatever. Um, and so you're trying to be really safe and, and good about this, but really working on making your body very pliable and, and movement uh, for diminishing the force being received by you and to change the bad positions into good positions with the minimum effort, minimum movement, um, and all that kind of stuff. So that you're really working on that internal and taking something that would normally be a problem and making it to your advantage. Um, normally when I'm, and you'll see that if you see our video that we put up this week on our, um, on our clear martial arts, our online training, they're the ones that I put up for regular classes for our Wednesday night uh, intermediate Tai Chi uh, class number. Is it class number 17, Matt? I believe so. Um, I, uh, or we may have just started class number 17, actually. Yeah, we're, Anyways, we, we just so finished a, class 16. Just finished 16. All right, so it's in, in class 16. It's towards the end. This is for people watching this at a later time. Towards the end, if you look at the stuff for young family uh, push hands, freestyle, um, I put in some very specific training doing this and using this and really what that should look like and be like and uh, make sure that you get to see it. It should go up sometime here in the next, uh, if it's not up already, and it may be, uh, it'll go up here in the next couple of days. Um, feeling that plumb line drop down through you and putting some time into that so that you really are working on that vertical and getting that better and stronger and both thicker and wider and more and deeper 
relaxing and releasing from the top down through you, really spending the time to work on getting that plumb line bigger and more um, like that. Slowly melt and feeling from the top of your head down through your toes. This is for the ting inside your own body. Um, Made a note about it there. Slowly melting and feeling from the top of your head down through your toes and then, and then rooting down into the ground uh, with that. And when I say slowly, it should feel slow like, uh, like if you poured honey uh, on something and you know how it's going to ooze and take its time, that you want to melt like that, not missing an area from the top all the way down through you. And then when you get to the ground, keep going and be able to feel all that, be aware of all that, um, figure out if there's anywhere where there's blockages so that you can specifically work on those areas and that kind of thing. This is all gonna help your rooting and your um, connection and your, your, uh, your whole body for moving and internally and for adjusting and doing the things that ideally it would be doing. Um, I've got here feeling that plumb line drop down through you and then doing three dantians linear, where you're getting your upper, middle, and lower dantians in a straight line, and you actually do it by moving the top, the, the, the upper dantian, so that it goes over top of the lower ones like that. Uh, that's the order of events. You don't, want to, you don't want to do it other ways. And so that basically you kind of put it over top, hold it there, and then let that go all the way down through. You'll find that that produces a very nice healing effect inside the body when done properly. And so you'll want to put time into that if you can. We've got training in that on some of our other videos as well. Um, for better breath, I did want to make sure that I told you guys when you asked me a week or two ago, uh, Greg, about uh, the breathing in the lungs, when you're breathing in and out, filling up and down, I recommend that your first breath, your primary breath is to breathe out and to breathe out all the way and when you think you're out so there's out try again without breathing in so that there's more 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 and then breathe in and i'm not saying do this again and again and you're not trying to hyperventilate or get yourself over oxygenated and all that you're you're doing it so that you really are and then the body wants to fill up all that place that you breathed out from um, and like that. Now, if you're, if you feel you're feeling lightheaded or funny after doing just one of those, um, that's that 10, you know, wait, check it again. And if that's, that's a typical response, just normally doing that, that is concerning in a medical kind of a way, make sure to get with your, when you can, uh, get with your med. But when I, I'm saying when you can during this coronavirus time, when we're trying not to go to the hospital and stuff, unless there's some kind of emergency, but if it's, if that's over, when you're hearing this or seeing this, Get with your regular physician, tell them, hey, when I'm breathing out all the way, I'm getting kind of dizzy or I'm feeling funny and just make sure to get checked because usually, not always, but commonly that's an indicator that something's not right um, from breathing out good once. You shouldn't get a dizzy feeling and those kind of things. Now, if you're, if you've been very active and you tried it or you're, or you've got too much like hyperventilating or there's other things, well then maybe, but that's why I'm saying check it on more than once and then quit doing it if it's, if you're finding, yeah, that's making me feel really not good. 
you know, busy or whatever, um, and get that checkup because it's, that's a sign of different kinds of, um, uh, what do they call the lung and heart um, issues when it comes to breathing your, your pulmonary, it's a, it's a sign of pulmonary, pulmonary yeah. yeah, cardiopulmonary issues. And that doesn't mean that's what it is, but definitely get it checked because if it is, you're going to want to know that and take sure, make sure that you're taking good corrective, uh, uh, safe, uh, medically safe, appropriate actions for that. And so, but anyway, so make sure to do that breath out all the way, then let that breath and air fill you up and then work on getting it to more and more and more out into your tissues and where you can actually feel that air. Um, and there's some nice, really cool benefits and uses for that. And again, you'll see a difference if you're playing with that going on when you can put hands on with a partner again. So I wanted to make sure to share all that. I know that's quite a bit of stuff and said fairly quickly, um, a bit to dissect when you guys are listening to this, obviously you may want to put it on pause, try something and then come back and, listen to some more after you've heard this through all the way the first time. So I wanted to make sure I had shared that much. Um, is there anything anybody else wanted to share today or talk about? Um, I've gone through my list here for what I had. So I have just one thing to add on all that because um, I had kind of a laundry list of stuff that I just didn't even get into. But um, the uh, you, you, you've talked a lot, Sifu and others have mentioned it about staying vertical and yeah. how important that plumb line is and working on that. And one of the things that I have found is that when you don't have a partner who's sort of conscious and can pull you if you're leaning or push you if you're leaning a certain direction and kind of capitalize on that, it's real easy to get a lean and not realize it if you're, if you're doing any kind of feedback type stuff with like a heavy bag or wall pushing or things like that. Like even with people, objects. even with people, most people, even they don't think they have one. And with people, they're still doing some leaning. And so vertical axis, and Tai Chi is a real important big deal. Anyways, uh, what, what I was trying to say is I've been using a lot of the balance board um, to, to help me get that feedback for the plumb line. Um, that, uh, that, that um, and, uh, and like doing things. Oh, yeah, up. getting the balance board and getting up so that you're right in the middle and that kind of a thing. Yeah, so that way you're actually balancing it. Every, all the parts are off the floor because if you put in a lean in anywhere, then it's going to – yeah, I love it. That's great. Yeah. And so we've got one down at the school and I've got one just like it at home and I've been making a lot of really excellent use of that and some other equipment here that, um, you know, that you can see scattered around the floor, but uh, I, won't, I won't talk about all of it, but, um, but yeah, you can use equipment in creative ways to, to get the kind of feedback for whatever it is you're working on. You just have to be conscientious of what is it that I might not be aware of because I don't have a partner. Um, and, um, anything else anybody wanted to add today? All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Great. Um, great talking to you today and look forward to the next time and, and have a great week and hopefully we'll open up and everybody will be safe and, uh, the coronavirus will say bye-bye and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Uh, very good. Thank you, Sifu. Thank you. Bye. And now a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start, and for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The Practical Guide to Internal Power is a work-at-your-own-pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from zero to 60 
as quickly as possible. And it is totally free. So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com.